every parent looked at their baby before the night begins and just pleaded with this little child, just, just four hours, please. Just give me four hours. Maybe not even that much. Maybe that's stretching it. Some of you are in that stage right now, and I just want to remind you that it does not last forever. It feels like it will last forever. It won't. You'll sleep, you'll sleep again someday. Once you do get through that stage, what, what next? What do you hope for your children? What do you want to see happen? That they would grow and be healthy? That they would learn and do well in school? That they would succeed in extracurricular? That maybe they would just eventually join society as a fairly functional and independent human being? Now, none of those are wrong goals, but for followers of Christ, none of these are the goal that we should have for our children as this passage begins, we see a worthy example of what we would all should desire most for our kids. Look at verse 13 again. Children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. Just a, a moment in Jesus' ministry where these parents wanted Jesus to bless their little children. And so they brought them to Jesus. Some background that's helpful here is that uh, we know from rabbinic sources that parents would commonly bring their children to a rabbi in order that the rabbi might lay hands on them and pray for them. So this was a common custom. It really goes all the way back to Genesis. We, we know that this laying on of hands in prayer signified an act and request for blessing. And though we don't know how much these parents understood about Jesus, they at least understood enough that they knew they wanted his blessing on their children, not just any rabbi would do. They wanted Jesus' blessing. Well, we know so much more about Jesus than they did. We know that he's the Son of God who became incarnate, who lived a sinless life, who died the death we deserve, who rose again. Salvation's in him alone. We, we should want this for our children. Parents, is this what you want for your child? Is this your deepest desire for them, to be blessed by Jesus? Right now, we're in the middle of uh, our Little League soccer season, and I'll tell you, it's absolutely thrilling I've never known I could be so thrilled as a parent to see your children practice and work hard and for it to finally pay off when they score a goal. When you guys know that the teams I root for generally don't win, <laughs> but it's so exciting to see your child work hard and score, and, and I could definitely see the, the pool to make something like soccer or whatever else it might be in your life a high priority in family life, especially if your children enjoy it and they show a knack for it. But what are we communicating to our children if we sacrifice for extracurriculars and we celebrate these achievements, but we don't sacrifice for their spiritual growth? We don't celebrate God's work in their lives. We might be able to say that to ourselves now, and, and, and it seems clear and easy, but, but we get pulled into it, don't we? It really comes back to remembering who your child fundamentally is. Listen, this, this is who your child is according to Scripture. First, a person created in the image of God for the glory of God. Second, a person who has sinned and fallen short of that glory and needs salvation. Third, a person with an eternal destiny, either in the kingdom of God or under the judgment of God. And fourth, a person who will never be truly happy or satisfied apart from a relationship with God. So that's who our children are. And if we remember this, then like these parents in Matthew 19, our highest priority will be to bring them to Jesus because he's the only one who can save them. He's the only one who can satisfy them. Well, what might that mean today to bring your children to Jesus? What does that look like today? Well, I think first, intercede for your children. We heard earlier about interceding for our, our deacons. Intercede for your children. Lift them up to the Lord in prayer. 
Make it a daily habit to pray on behalf of your children. Pray for their salvation. Pray for God to cut them to the heart through his word. Pray for God to grant them understanding of the gospel that leads to repentance and faith. Pray that they would discover that the greatest joy in this world is God himself. Pray that they would receive and then praise God for his glorious grace. Pray that they would be transformed in their hearts and live for his glory. Bring your children to Jesus by praying for them, coming to Jesus and lifting them up before him. And then don't stop there. Bring your children to Jesus by bringing the word of Jesus to them. Prioritize family worship in your home. Find a time and find a place and just read a Bible story. Read a Bible passage. Sing a song together and lead them in a prayer. And then as you go about your day, speak about the gospel to them. When you're outside, when you're disciplining, when you're doing chores, make the gospel a regular theme of family conversation. Bring Jesus to them. And then, of course, bring your children to Jesus by bringing them to church. Listen, we should demonstrate to our children that there's no greater commitment in our family life than gathering for corporate worship. Bring them to build where they'll be taught the word of God by teachers and helpers who every week prepare to devote themselves to your children's spiritual growth. Bring them to corporate worship where even from a young age they're going to see the joy and the weight of what it means for God's people to gather into God's presence. These are all ways that we bring our children to Jesus today. The parents in Israel beheld his ministry and they wanted Jesus to bless their children and we should want that too. Through prayer, through family worship, through gathering with the body of Christ, let's bring our children to Jesus like these parents did. That's the first action we see. Leads us to the second one, which is not nearly nearly as commendable. The disciples hindered the children from coming to Jesus. The disciples hindered the children from coming to Jesus. Look at what happens in verse 13. As these parents are trying to bring their children to Jesus, the disciples rebuked the people. The disciples rebuked the people. Now, we don't know their exact words, but they probably said something like, don't bother Jesus right now. Can't you see he's busy? He doesn't have time for your children. He has more important things to do. Whatever they might have said, it amounted to a rebuke. Jesus' disciples were telling these parents that they should not bring their children to Jesus. That's what was happening. And when Candace and I were in college, we went to a fairly large church, and there was a Sunday morning where there was a baby crying during the service. And it went on for several minutes while the pastor was preaching until the pastor finally stopped mid-sermon and said, Can a deacon please remove that child from the sanctuary? This preacher had a long and faithful ministry of teaching God's word. But you know what? I don't think those parents probably remember that sermon. In that moment, however true his sermon might have been, he didn't faithfully represent Jesus Christ. And the disciples didn't either in this scene. Like the disciples, we grown-ups can have a prideful tendency to view children as an obstacle to effective ministry among adults. We can wrongly view them as an impediment to the more important things that we're trying to focus on. The disciples were listening to Jesus speak about marriage and divorce and singleness, and he was answering their questions, and in their minds, these children were keeping them from learning more, and so their response was, not now, don't bring the children now, we're doing important things. But look at how Jesus responds to them in verse 14. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me And do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. He tells these proud disciples, you view these children as nothing more than a distraction to grown-up ministry. Let them come. Don't get in their way. 
The kingdom belongs to such as these. We need to think carefully about that last statement. What, what does Jesus mean when he says, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven? Some have said this passage teaches that all children will go to heaven if they die young. There's a, maybe an age of accountability implied in this verse. Now on that, I, I, just as an aside, I don't believe that this is a truth we can draw from this passage. I, I think there is an implicit argument to be made from the scriptures that little children who die will be saved from their sins. And if you've experienced that, or maybe you will experience that someday, I believe that we can draw comfort from passages that speak of God's righteousness and God's mercy and all of his judgments. Scripture says the judge of all the earth will do right, and we can rest in that. We can rest in that. The judge of all the earth will do right. However, I think here Jesus is making a different point to his disciples he doesn't say, for to them belongs the kingdom of heaven. Let them come, for to them belongs the kingdom. He says, to such belongs the kingdom. In other words, the kingdom belongs to those who are like children. This goes back to what he said in Matthew 18, 1 through 4. If you just flip one page back to Matthew 18, here's what Jesus said then. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He's making the same point here. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who have become like children. Which is a way to say that the kingdom of heaven belongs to the humble. It belongs to the needy. It belongs to those who are wholly dependent on another, just like a little child who can't do anything for themselves, weak and needy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus is teaching the disciples. Now, what's the connection between the two parts of this sentence? Let the children come, for to such belongs the kingdom. Don't hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom. Let them come, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who have become like children. What's Jesus' logic there? What's his argument What's the reason they should let the children come? The reason is that little children, listen, they are a reminder to full-grown disciples, to grown-up disciples. Little children are a reminder of who we are called to be before our Father in Heaven. Little children are a wise gift from God to curb our prideful tendencies by reminding us, by their very presence, that the kingdom belongs to the humble. Listen, here's one example of how this might work. We're, we're in church, we're, we're singing songs. Maybe you're entering into the song you're singing and you're, and, and you're, you're focusing on the Lord and then, then you look down and, and, and there's little hands reaching up for you. And your pride, you might feel in that moment that this is a distraction from worship. You might wonder, why don't we have a place for these kids to go? But if we listen to the words of Jesus here, then that moment will actually serve to deepen our worship. That moment is a timely reminder to us, God is my father. I am his little child. I desperately need him to hold me. What a blessing that becomes in our own worship. Redeemer, let's just mark this as a reason why we love to have our children join us for corporate worship. It's not just for their sake, though it is. It's for our sake. When children join adults for corporate worship, their presence reminds us that we come as children to our Father in Heaven. 
And so let's not hinder them from coming. Let's not treat children as a distraction. Let's not despise the sounds of crying babies. Let's not despise the squirminess. Let's not ever say out louder in our minds, can someone please remove this child from the sanctuary? Instead, every time we become aware of a child's presence with us in worship, let's turn that moment into awareness that we too are children in need of our good heavenly Father. Let's remember to such belongs the kingdom of heaven and humble ourselves. This is what Jesus would have us to do. This is his design and plan for his household. And then finally, we see the third action. Jesus invites the children to himself. And I want to focus in more deeply on Jesus' words in verse 14. Let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. It's a little bit of a surprising use of language because in verse 13, Matthew tells us that children were being brought to Jesus and the disciples rebuke the parents for bringing them to Jesus, but Jesus doesn't say, let the parents bring their children to me. He says, let the little children come to me. You see, in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus uses the words, come to me, he's always issuing a call to relationship and a call to discipleship. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Next week we'll see again, sell everything you have and come follow me. So when Jesus says, let the little children come to me, there can be no other conclusion than that discipleship is not just for adults. Discipleship is not the exclusive privilege of grown-ups. Jesus calls little children to be his disciples. And parents and build teachers and home group leaders and pastors and church members, we need to understand that Jesus invites little children to himself through you and me, saying to them, come to Jesus. That's how Jesus issues that call to children today, through the church together saying, come to Jesus. Listen to what J.C. Ryle wrote about these verses. Let us draw from these verses encouragement to attempt great things in the religious instruction of children. Let us begin from their very earliest years to deal with them as having souls to be lost or saved and to strive to bring them to Christ. Let us make them acquainted with the Bible as soon as they can understand anything. Let us pray with them and pray for them and teach them to pray for themselves. We may rest assured that Jesus looks with pleasure on such endeavors and is ready to bless them. We may rest assured that such endeavors are not in vain. The seed sown in infancy is often found after many days. Happy is that church whose infant members are cared for as much as the oldest. The blessing of him that was crucified will surely be on that church. Redeemer, may we be a church family that partners together in continually calling our children to come to Jesus. Now, children, I want to talk to you especially as I finish my message today. Where are the kids in the room? I see a couple I know over here and a few others. Okay. So, kids, how many of you know the song, Jesus Loves Me? Okay. Just a few. Anyone else know Jesus Loves Me? Okay. Well, can you help me sing that? Can you help us all sing that together for a minute? How does it, how does it start again? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. 
Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So, kids, according to what we just saying, how do we know that Jesus loves us? Jack? The Bible. The Bible tells us so, right? The Bible tells us so. And do you know what it is that the Bible tells us about Jesus' love? Listen, it tells us that we all are sinners. It tells us that we've all sinned against God. We've disobeyed our parents. We've been mean to our brothers and sisters. We've, we've said wrong words. We've thought bad thoughts. And the Bible tells us because of our sin, we all deserve to die. We all deserve to be judged by God for our sins. But the Bible also tells us good news. It tells us that God loves us so much that he sent his son to this earth to die for our sins. His, his son's name is Jesus Christ, and he came and he, he never sinned, and then he died on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven uh, through believing in him. You know what? He didn't stay dead. The Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead and that he lives forever. He's, he's in heaven. He's coming back one day. and He's going to save us one day. And do you know what else, kids? Jesus says something to you in the Bible, specifically to you. Do you want to know what he says? Jesus says to you children, come to me. That's what Jesus says to, to, to you today. Come to me. What that means is Jesus is saying, be my disciple. Jesus is saying to you children, I want you to be a disciple too. I want you to be a follower of me. I want you to trust in me to save you from your sins. And I want you to follow me as your king in your life. We're about to sing a song. And as we do, you can pray to Jesus today. And you can come to him as we sing. Even you can come to Jesus. Because he, he says, let the little children come to me. After church is done today, if you, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to come to him, talk to your parents about that and tell them that you want to know him and follow him. And talk to me or Pastor Ben or Pastor Joey, and we would be happy to help you know how to have a relationship with Jesus, how, how you can be one of Jesus' friends. And church, Jesus calls all of us to turn and become like children. He calls every one of us to humble ourselves and to recognize that we don't bring anything before him, that we are absolutely needy, that we're absolutely weak, that we could never save ourselves. But to understand that he invites us to receive all that we need from him. He invites us into a relationship through his death and resurrection with our Heavenly Father. So this morning again, as we sing this song, kids, grown-ups, Whatever age you might be today, let's come to Jesus. Let's respond to his call. Let's humble ourselves and be thankful that Jesus receives little children and he receives those who are like little children before him. Let's pray.